Thank you, Evan. That was lovely. 
We hear today from the journey of the people of Israel as they're leaving Egypt and wandering in the desert. They have received the covenant to the community of the Ten Commandments, telling them how they're to live. And today we get this in Exodus 33, starting at the 12th verse. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways, so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. He said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to them, If your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, and I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, show me your glory, I pray. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name, the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But God said, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, See, there is a place by me where you, can, you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you on the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And then Jesus, in his ongoing battle with the Pharisees, has this fascinating interaction. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere, and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me a coin used for the tax. And they brought him him a coin, a denarius. 
Then he said to them, Whose head is on this, and whose title? And they answered, The emperor's. And then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do not make for yourselves an idol. For I am the Lord your God, and you shall have no other gods before me. If we read carefully what Jesus and his disciples No, not Jesus and his disciples. Moses and his people were given from God in last week's reading. We hear the story of the people receiving the Ten Commandments. Have no other gods before me. I am the Lord your God. Even when Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, when Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees, once again trying to trap him, they say to him, what is the biggest commandment? What are we supposed to be doing? And he says, love the Lord your God. And depending on where you're reading, and no others. Love your neighbor as yourself. This text today in Matthew is about what place does God play in our lives? And the Pharisees walk away amazed because they had thought they would trick Jesus, this dumb, hick preacher, itinerant preacher, and instead he comes back with an answer that is so profound They barely know what to do. See, they thought they were tricking him because if he had said, yes, give Caesar his due, it might sound like he has another God besides the one true God that we alone are to be loyal to. And if he said... Don't worry about Caesar, just worry about God. The Romans were likely to string him up. But as always, Jesus finds the both and in the situation. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. Okay. Let's talk about a real-life example. I work with a church who has a flagpole on their grounds. 
The minute I saw the flagpole go up, they didn't ask me. I thought, there's going to be controversy over this flagpole. And sure enough, controversy over the flagpole. See, the question is, which, when you have a flagpole like that, which flag goes first, the Christian flag or the American flag? And I had a guy write a nasty letter to me, and he said, as an American, everybody ought to know how this works. America's first. And it was all I could do to write back to him and say, well, as a Christian, (laughs) I know Christ comes first. By the way, they resolved this issue because they got rid of the Christian flag and instead got a Presbyterian flag. And we know that Presbyterian flag goes below the American flag. So that's how they handled it. But it's an interesting, interesting debate to watch. Like, what, what's most important, our nation or our God? It's what they're asking Jesus here. I will tell you if you listen, if, I wish Jeremy were here because good Marines will tell you that their motto is God, country, core. They know the hierarchy. Jesus says, give to God. What is God's? Well, what is God's? All the earth is the Lord's. So how does Caesar get anything? Well, Caesar's put his name on things. To fight Caesar would bring attention negatively to the sect of Christianity, which nobody wanted. It's going to get its own trouble later. We can live in a both-and world where we honor God and honor our nation, where we honor God and honor our family, where we honor God and honor our work, where we honor God and honor... Fill in the blank. Well, we don't try to do that sometimes. Somehow we think that one can crush out the other, that if we use the right power play, that we'll win. It's not a battle to be won. Jesus says both and. Not one or the other. So as we live in this both and nation... Just interesting to think. About all the things that we could do as followers of Jesus. We could pray at a restaurant. I went to college with a guy whose parents were evangelical Christian ministers, and they used to stand up and sing the doxology as a family at a restaurant, any restaurant they went to. People would be looking and wondering what was wrong with them. 
We can pray. We can tell the story of Jesus. We can act like the hands and feet of Jesus. It doesn't get in anybody's way. We've gotten so worried about what someone might think that we've forgotten to honor what God will think. Give to God what is God's. Give to others what is others. They don't necessarily have to conflict. And the others might just honor the God of all creation in a both-and sort of way. Amen.